realize that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. How do you know that? So I told her the situation like, I didn't even want to talk about it in the house. Like I felt so uncomfortable with the whole situation. I felt like I was going to be giving that entity power over me. If I talked about it in that house, I did not want it to know that it affected me the way that it did. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of my third eye. This one is a, uh, gonna be the weekly episode i'm releasing it early just because i have uh, uh some things coming up and and things going on with the house and some projects going on so this one will be released uh very early but this is the full episode in its entirety uh i did release a patreon bonus episode with about the packers on Patreon uh, with uh, Harrison, who is 10, and his mom, Emily. And it, it was a, a fun episode. Now, this one, uh, we only went for one hour. Uh, this is an episode that I now recently uh, discovered. Uh, I think we actually came in contact with a skinwalker. Uh only after talking to several other people and, and what have you, but you'll hear it uh, in the episode. Uh, we talk about when we went camping and saw uh, the glowing horse and then uh, what we thought was a shadow man or a hat man and come to find out, you know, you put two and two together, it could have been uh, a skinwalker. And not many people survive that, but when you start digging into my dad's side of the family which is this episode is with my cousin um his mom is my dad's brother we have a lot of this weird activity and to the point it's just like wow is it is it just us or is it is it the rest of the world doesn't see this shit i get asked sometimes hey do you have weird things going on over there, you know, revolving your podcast or your day-to-day this or day-to-day that? And I'm like, whoever asks, I'm like, man, it happens all the time. It, it It's happened through my whole life to the point where I just chalk it up as normal. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. I, I see shadow movement out of my eyes constantly. You know what I mean? And, and that's just one little tidbit 
of you know things that go weird you know what i mean i i i go in in spurts where i'll have weird things happen and looking back on it i was supposed to be there for that time because uh the people that were around me at the time probably weren't as prepared to deal with a certain situation as i was and you know this happens to more than just people like me or my cousin this happens to people all over you know i i recently talked to a a good friend and we started out talking about shadow people and ghosts and this and that and it's like you know do you realize how much like it like it's like one in three people uh see paranormal activity and that should say something but i don't know i've been rambling a little longer for this intro and i i do apologize please make sure you go over to uh purepetwellness.com for all your pet cbd needs and enter ghost at checkout and that gets you 20 percent off your entire order doesn't matter if you order one thing for 500 things uh, you're going to get 20 percent off your entire order they are a great uh small business mom and pop style company uh i give it to my dogs and it's i i see a big difference you know I, my big dog he's a french mastiff rottweiler mix he gets anxiety sometimes and uh it calms him down i have a what i call a semi mentally challenged uh pity mix uh she has a neurological disorder but it helps her calm down to the point where her little eyes aren't shifting back and forth constantly and she's not just like running and can't stop and and like she'll run to the point where she her her only way of stopping is the wall and it helps her and you know the next thing i'm gonna do is try it with my train walker coonhound to see if it'll help with his motion sickness because he gets car sick and it's a shame because we we love going on walks or, or hiking or whatever in the woods and we have to give him dramamine you know a couple hours before just so we can make the you know because if we're taking the dogs we try to make it within a, a half hour you know car ride because he just sits there and you know just drool he, he will not swallow it just pours out of his mouth so i'm curious to see how that will work um other than that if you want full episodes go to patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast like i said this one is the full episode in its entirety i will try to put something else out on patreon for you patreons uh don't hold your breath because it's this is a busy week for me i got got like i said got some projects going on around the house and and what have you but other than that i'll stop talking and thank you for for all your love and support over there at patreon and everyone else who who just actually just listens to the show thank you too because i couldn't sit here and do this uh every week or even more because i I, you know i'm constantly busy doing this and I, i love it and i couldn't do it without you guys who listen you guys who hit me up on instagram or girls and just show me the love and and the support so thank you and enjoy this episode like i said this is an early release just due to the fact that i have a lot of stuff going on
All right, welcome back. On this episode, I am joined by Doug. Uh, Doug is actually my cousin, uh, one of the only cousins that I actually talk to and uh, have the most uh, love and and most uh, most things in common with. So uh, I reached out to him because we had had some uh, paranormal uh, incidences uh, when we were younger. When I went out to visit, and uh, at the time, my aunt and uncle and him and my other cousin were staying on this huge ranch and uh it just kind of stuck out so i reached out and my my cousin doug's like yeah dude i i got i got where do you where do you want to talk and i was like i don't care if you know whatever you got so uh i'm gonna give the mic over to uh to you doug and you can let people know where you can be found or if you don't want to be found and uh we'll get into we'll get into all your uh stories well this is uh this is my first podcast I say we ought to start off with that, that we're breaking my cherry a little bit here. Nice. Uh, my name is, I, uh, I live and grew up in this great state of Wyoming. As you've made mention of ghosts, you, you spent some time out with us at one time earlier in our lives. We're much, much older now. Mm. Um, I do have, as you mentioned, the resilient resin thing. I've got a little side, side hustle that I got going. Um, if people want to check that out, it's just facebook.com slash resilient resin, just like it sounds. I do countertops. I do custom flags. I do all sorts of custom epoxy work. And uh, I guess with that being said, I'm on kind of all the socials. I don't really follow a whole lot. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on there because I, I think it's kind of a waste. Yeah, it's um, a cesspool. It is a cesspool. I don't get on like Twitter at all. I think that's probably the the cesspooliest of them all, if that's mm. worth. Yeah. But I do Instagram, Facebook. You can look me up, Doug Leith, L-E-A-T-H, I guess. So I guess that being said, we, uh, we should share our experience since that's kind of the one that for me started it all off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be pretty close because I think after... And, and it, it didn't even dawn on me until just now when, when we were talking about it before we started recording. And I had mentioned that I'd went on some other podcasts to tell, you know, my stuff that happened. It wasn't until after I got back that year from uh, visiting out West and, and seeing you guys, I, it was within a year or two is when I started having paranormal um, experiences, either with uh, a friend bowing down to Satan and having dark entities attached to him and then having an entity attached to me. And I never, because everybody was like, when did it start? I'm like, well, I had to start with a Ouija board and it didn't even dawn on me. It was, it was that one summer when your mom was, was playing with the Ouija board and we were just like, Oh fuck. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was mind blowing. And but I'll, I'll I'll let you start it out. Well, you know, it's funny that you had mentioned the Ouija board because that's honestly one of the, the, the things that I kind of forgot about with this whole situation. I mean, I knew for sure that she played with the Ouija board for, for quite a few years. And it was it started to appear out of the closet where she would put it away and it would be back out and it ended, ended up getting destroyed. Uh, I did have some friends in school that tried to make a Ouija mm. board, which bad idea. And yeah, that ended up also getting burned and flushed down the toilet. So I don't know 
you know, you speak of attachments and portals and all sorts of crazy stuff that we could get into. So I don't know if that maybe opened a portal that just never closed. Yeah. Um, my mom sensitive. I think I've always been sensitive and granted there's varying degrees of sensitivity. My dad is the exact opposite. Doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't want to hear about it. Doesn't want to pretend it exists. It's just, we, we don't talk about it around here. And just the old cowboy mentality is if you can't deal with it face to face, doesn't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Going back to, to the ranch, I can't even remember a year. Um, I'm thinking you were 17. I think right around 16. So I would have been in 11, 12 Mm -hmm. age range. And we'd actually decided that we were going to camp down on the river because we, we had a thousand acre ranch and a whole bunch of river bottom. And we had a little dome tent and we've been riding all day and riding down on the river bottom and found us a little spot to set up our little dome tent and all was well. Uh, Middle of the night, we hear horses, which is not uncommon because we have horses on the ranch. And it was, I remember specifically it being very dark out. I don't remember there being moonlight or anything like that. But the horses running like they were running from something. Mm-hmm. Poker and, and you can see kind of the silhouette of horses, but then there's one that was a lot brighter than the other ones. And the horses just running rampant and freaked us out to the point where we hopped on the four wheelers and hauled ass, bailed out of there like our heads were on fire and our asses catching and went up. We're like, screw this shit, man. We're not gonna sleep down here with this went up to the bunkhouse, which we'll get into that place because man, my whole life, that bunkhouse just had a weird energy. It did my mom, a very w- weird feeling to it. Like one of those were in the dark, you would just kind of walk by it. Like not, you felt like if you looked at the windows that there was going to be something looking back at you always felt watched. Yeah. And my dad would work down in the, in the shop, which you had to walk by the bunkhouse to get to the shop. And in the daylight, it was no big deal. But man, if it was dark, that place was just spooky. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the place where we decide we're going to stay because that's going to be less spooky than where we were staying. And at some point, I don't know if I had fallen asleep or, or if I was still awake. I don't really remember. Like I said, that's been, I'm 40 now, so that's been a minute or two ago. Yeah. But I remember rolling over, just felt felt like I needed to look at the door. And I saw the silhouette of a cowboy. And for me, I, the only thing that I can think of is like the old school Marlboro man, where yeah. he's leaned up building with his knee up and his head down. And I don't know if that's really what I saw or if that's what I was. That's the closest thing that my mind could assimilate to it. And you were awake and you saw it. You're like, did you see that? I'm like, yes, I did. That's my memory of the night. So I'm I'm curious to hear your memory of the night because you and I haven't really talked about this since it happened. No. And until you actually just brought that up, I completely forgot about that until you started saying about camping down in the tent. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking something happened. I couldn't remember. And as you're speaking, I'm like, holy shit, how did I fucking forget about that? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm 45, you know, we're talking 
a long time ago. You know what I mean? We were, we were little kids, uh, in, in a sense, you know, 16 and, and 12 ain't, ain't that, that old in, in, in hindsight, but, uh, yeah, I, I do remember seeing that silhouette now that you mention it and, uh, just kind of getting all weirded, weirded out. Like, like, did we see that and, and, and what have you, but uh, yeah, wow. I, I can't believe I totally forgot about that. That's funny. But you know, and it's one of those things that we, the, the feeling of fear that it put into us, because I remember lighting out of there on the four wheelers as fast as they would go. Mm -hmm was chasing us like it was just a an intense fear feeling for for no reason i i grew up on a ranch with horses right it wasn't like scared of horses or if it was my first time being around horses there was something to that level of fear and that's just something that you can't explain no. and i don't know who you are there's things that will chill your shit right to the bone. I don't care how big, how bad, how tough you think you are. When you're dealing with stuff that you don't understand, especially at a young age, it puts the fear of God into you. It really oh, does. Hell yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing I remember, um, and this wasn't really paranormal related. I remember, uh, I think we were, I was riding, riding the, the old barn sour horse and, we were going down to the, the riverbed or whatever. And I remember the fucking horse saw a skunk and <laughs> it fucking reared up and, and almost bucked me off and wanted to take off out of there and this and that. And then, then I believe there was a moose laying down there the one one day and we were like, Oh, let's try and sneak up on it. And we're like, no, they're fucking mean. It'll, it'll charge us <laughs> and then this and that. So, but, but back to the, the bunkhouse, uh, Another memory I had, I don't know if it might've been that night or if we stayed in that, that bunkhouse a couple times, but I remember there was uh old eight tracks that we would listen to and a big bucket of fucking honey that we would just sit there and get fucking sugar high off the crust. Man. Yeah, dude. See, you're tapping into my memory banks now. Yeah. So maybe I, I remembered the good shit and blocked all the bad shit out and you remembered the bad shit and that's what stuck with you but yeah holy fuck i i can't wow i forgot about all that this is gonna be a good a good episode <laughs> well and you know that that there's a lot of history on that place too and legend has it like i don't i really ever researched it too much but do you remember that old cabin the old homestead cabin that was down on the river vaguely well there it's it was an 1800s and apparently the homestead cabin for for that ranch okay and at some point a guy i don't know if it was the guy that homesteaded it or somebody after him actually got mauled by a bear and killed right there on the grable river oh shit and his bones or whatever is supposedly buried somewhere along that stretch of the grable river oh fuck I didn't know that. Now, is that well, the one where we would go way out the 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 lane on the four wheelers or whatever, like pretty far far out there? Yeah, and down on the river bottom, yeah. about three hundred yards from where we were camping. Yeah, yeah. Now I do Camp remember. Yeah, <laughs> camping. <laughs> How about so getting scared shitless? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of sleep being had that night for sure. No, and just being wound up from adrenaline. And 
said so we go back we'll keep touching on that bunkhouse here for a minute and then we'll move on but that was just that place was more of a vibe than really any other experiences i never really had any other experiences on that ranch with the bunkhouse it was always just that being watched feeling that you just couldn't shake hmm. just with the history of how old all the buildings and everything were on that ranch it wouldn't surprise me if if multiple people had died on that place and i'm sure some that we didn't even know about oh for sure i mean you're talking 1800s i mean we're going back you know to the wild west and you know times were different then you know you and especially out west you cross somebody you got shot you know what i mean it, it was right. simple as that they may never find your body that you know you just don't know but i had a couple of experiences on that ranch and you know we talk about paranormal um another experience that i had on that ranch was actually like weird lights in the sky mm. and we we bailed our second cutting hay at night a lot of the time so it didn't knock the the leaves off of the alfalfa and i had plugged up the baler and you got to open the baler and, and get out of the tractor, hopefully turn it off first and dig the hay out of the baler. And for whatever reason, when I did that, I walked around the off side because the door is on the left side of the tractor. Mm -hmm. And for whatever, stepped out of the baler, went around the opposite side. And I looked up to the mountain and I saw a light, which Carter Mountain on the backside of it, there's no houses. It's, it's public land so there's no buildings on it there's there's no houses and where the light was there's no road even so i'm like well that's kind of strange and then you know with the lights of the tractor and everything i kind of had to let my eyes adjust a little bit to the dark and i saw the silhouette of the mountain underneath the light and no sooner than did my brain comprehend it that light went from where it was to the end of the mountain up and gone in a second damn don't know what it was i'm not saying it's aliens i'm not i'm not saying it's anything of this earth or out of this earth but what i saw was a weird light in the sky take yeah. it for what it did that, that's crazy because I've, I've i've seen a couple lights myself especially uh during the uh first part of the lockdowns uh i'd be outside you know i was furloughed so you know i didn't have to go to bed anytime early you know what whatever it was like a little vacation for me and uh I remember, you know, one night, you know, going out, it was beautiful, clear night, taking a leak and, and smoking, smoking a cigarette at the time back when I smoked and my wife was out there with me and, and every time, I mean, this happened probably two or three times I would see like a red light in the sky, just shining real bright. And I, as soon as I would say, Hey babe, look at this. Are you seeing this? This thing would just shoot and poof, gone. And the, another time it was like a bluish light. And it, that, like I said, it happened two, three, maybe four times. Uh, and every time I try to get her attention to, to, to see it, boom, gone. It's crazy. Yeah. That's I've had two experiences with, with weird lights in the sky. Um, I think before the pod we were talking and, and I was talking about working a job that I work nights mm -hmm. and I worked for an outfit that we cleaned parking lots and you had to do it in the middle of the night because everything's closed. Well, so my schedule usually involved me going to work around midnight. That time would vary depending on what accounts I had to clean, but it was normally between 12 and one o'clock at night, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. 
Well, this is one of the nights where I had to drive to a town that's like 60 miles away. And we cleaned a little supermarket there once a month. Well, coming back from there, it's probably three o'clock in the morning. And there's nobody on the road. I mean, you're talking a town of a few hundred people. Right. Nobody's on the road in the middle of the night. There's no lights around me. I pull up to this little intersection. It's literally a stop sign in the highway and a few houses. And as I'm pulling up to the stop sign, the entire ground around the truck was lit up with this, this blue iridescent light that I don't know how far above the truck it was, but it lit up the entire area. And there was just a little bit of cloud cover. I could see below it. I could see above it, just a little bank of clouds. And this light went into those clouds and disappeared. And I mean, kind of back before everybody was on social media, this was probably 2006, 2007. Okay. But man, Googled it. I went on social media. I'm look. I'm on MySpace. If that dates me at all, we <laughs> see something in the sky, and I never found anything to confirm what I had seen. But I tell that to, to people that don't believe that anything other than us can possibly exist. And like, oh, well, you were you were hallucinating. You were sleep deprived. Yeah. And I know when I'm awake, and I know when I'm dreaming, and I know I know when I'm hallucinating from sleep deprivation because got some military experience that familiarized me with sleep deprivation on, at a great extent though. So, yeah. Uh, I, you're, you're lucky you didn't, uh, you didn't get Travis Walton. Cause when you were right. saying this blue light, I'm thinking, well, oh, fuck, this is going to be like a fire in the sky type of type of event. Hey, you know where that movie took place? Uh, where they filmed it. Well, where the actual incident occurred. I thought it was down in Arizona. I was thinking it was no, that was a uh, close encounters of the third kind that they filmed at Devil's Tower. So yeah, okay, never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a fiction, but yeah, that was the one where they went up to the top of Devil's Tower and yeah, yeah. Also a good movie too. I it, it's funny because I, I'm trying my hardest. I would love to get Travis Walton on my show to talk about his experience because the, as a kid, that was like one of the you know everybody has the uh betty and barney hill story you know that that they heard on documentaries and obviously that was way before our time that was back in the you know 50s and 60s and what have you but but travis was kind of in our time frame you know we might not have been born yet but you know it was one of the first abduction stories that i remember as a kid growing up and being like oh my god this, this guy's telling us a story of what fucking happened and it, you know so it's it's crazy but you know i digress back back to uh back to your blue lights well, I mean, that was pretty much the end of, of any of the, the light in the sky type of stuff. Um, and a lot of it, too, is, you know, now I, I work jobs where I don't go to work at three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, it's daylight when I'm working. Right. Count that for, for a lot of those experiences or probably do more to people being out at night when you're going to see those things. Not saying that you can't see them in the daytime, weird orbs and stuff like that. But you're obviously more susceptible to actually seeing something at night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, and after, after I left home and joined the military, I would say there was almost like a lull in, in activity. And I don't know if it's just cause you're, you're, you're busy, obviously when you're in the military doing so much all the time, mm-hmm. even at night, 
know. So you're spending a lot of times in more densely populated areas. And I just didn't see that level of stuff. I did have um, three of my friends, unfortunately, did get killed um, July 16th of 2002. Um, Non-combat issue. Um, they were involved in a five-ton rollover. There was five guys on the truck. The only two guys that survived it were actually ejected from the vehicle before it rolled. Um, there are some, some sketchy circumstances regarding it that I'm not going to get into, but, um, one of the guys that was killed was in my platoon that I was pretty close with. And he was actually buried with one of my dog tags. Oh, wow. And I kept seeing that guy, Ruben Guerrero, man, rest in peace, brother. I see that guy and I don't know if it's your mind creating it. Um, we'd come down out of the barracks. He lived off post, so he'd always meet us down by the pop machine at the bottom of the stairs coming out of the barracks. And, man, I always see that guy standing there. You just, like, you have almost double take. And I don't know if that was just my coping mechanism or, mm-hmm. if, or if I was actually seeing a full-body apparition, which I doubt because I have seen those, and it's different. Right. But I didn't really start having, I wouldn't say aggressive experiences until I lived in a house here in Cody in an old part of town. And I'm going to use the word poltergeist because I don't really have another word for it. Um, But I lived in that house and started having stuff being moved aggressively being moved and I smoked cigarettes at the time and I would go out live by myself go out smoke a cigarette sit on the front step nobody home couldn't get in the back door the back door was nailed shut and I would come back in and the couch cushions would be off of the couch pushed up against the door like stay out don't come back in here and I have witnesses to some of the occurrences uh, the remote controls being flung off of the table, lights being turned on and off, closet doors opening and closing. And, you know, at the time you didn't have a camera in your pocket like we do now. No. But I do have witnessed this guy in the apartment or the little house with me. And it didn't matter what configuration I left the light and the closet door in my bedroom. It would be the exact opposite when I'd go back in there. That's crazy. And how, how old was this house? Because you said uh, this, old, old part of town. Uh, late 30s. Okay. Early 40s part of town. Not super old Cody. Not, you know, because Cody dates back clear to, you know, the Wild West 1800s. Right. Not that old. But I think, I think that was more of an attachment maybe to that guy. I almost feel like it was a warning because looking back on everything you gain perspective in the moment i felt like it was personal and i actually kind of think it was looking out for my well-being because it turns out that that guy and i'm not going to name his name obviously was not a good individual he was on the run from colorado which at the time i didn't know any of this but he was on the run had warrants and he was seeing this girl well ironically this girl watched her boyfriend shoot himself in the head. So it, that was, the, dude, that messed that girl up. She I was on an ass. 
all sorts of crazy stuff. And I will say that guy's name, his name was Alex. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Okay. So this guy is hanging out with that girl and then he's coming over to my place and we're hanging out. And that was back in the days where I might, might've smoked a little bit of pot. And so he'd come over and we'd smoke, we'd hang out. So, so right there, what I just said is an opening for everybody to discount the experiences that I was having. Well, I think and, nowadays, uh, smoking weed and, you know, e- e- it's not like you're, you're doing hallucinogenics. You know what I mean? Like I could understand, Oh yeah, we were tripping acid or tripping, tripping on mushrooms or whatever. Yeah. You might see things then, but marijuana, I think is just so accepted now. And obviously for good reason, I, I, it, it's a natural herb. I don't think it should be fucking illegal. I, it, we, that's a whole nother rabbit hole, uh, in right. of itself. And get involved in all sorts of conspiracy theories, go back into the thirties with that one. Yeah. But, but- so I, I don't think that discredits your story at all. But I live in a very conservative part of the country, which I love where I live for, for that reason. But you've also got a lot of closed-minded people mm-hmm. that believe they've been told about marijuana and how bad it is and that it's a drug. And, and it's so not. Well, even and on I that note, my, I, my, my neighbor, you know, I, I had mentioned, you know, I, I've been off cigarettes for over a year. And, uh, my neighbor's like, yeah, but you got to get you off that vape there. Those vapes are so dangerous. They'll kill you. We just watched a thing in, in, cause she's a, a teacher at a technical school. And I said, I looked at her, I said, do you know who put those videos out? And she goes, no, I said, big tobacco. I said, right? big tobacco puts those out because they don't want people to go to vaping because it loses, they lose business. And she's mm-hmm. just looking at me like her eyes are, I said, I'm just going to leave it there. (laughs) And she was, you know, but you could see her eyes just like, I never thought of that. Right. And well, that's the problem. And it doesn't matter if we're talking politics or drugs or marijuana or what the, the problem is. And Metallica actually had the best lyric, I think of all time in the empty can rattles the most Mm -hmm. uneducated or uninformed want to have the biggest opinion. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, unfortunately, marijuana has been victimized for so long that it's, it's got a stigma about it that I don't know. It it has lessened in the last 10, 15 years, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. I really don't. That's where I hope you're wrong. You know what I mean? And, but, but I can see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Because I live out here in Pennsylvania and, you know, for the most part, it's a blue state when, but once you get out of Pittsburgh, Philly, Scranton area and get into these smaller towns, it's more conservative. And I like Jersey just legalized uh, recreational marijuana a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, why hasn't Pennsylvania? But then Pennsylvania is is like really old school Dutch. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't I don't know if it, I mean, it's legal me- medically, but I don't I don't know if it'll ever get le- legalized uh, for recreational here. I don't know. You know, you know what's strange is in Wyoming, it's not legal medically and it's not legal recreationally. Montana, 90 miles away, it's totally legal now. Recreational, it's just they have certain stipulations on um, like billings, for instance, it can't be sold inside city limits, but you get outside the city limits and there's dispensaries and everything else. Yeah. And then you go right yeah. down to Colorado and it's legal legal there. 
Yeah. So it's, it's on both sides of us. And I mean, it's still, it hits so much resistance here, but the Delta eight stuff, you can go downtown and buy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah. You get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. yeah. And it's... That's funny because somebody asked... Uh, that came up in a, in a question on... I, I think it might have released it on... Uh, talk. It was a Talk at the Tavern uh, episode, but I, I think it was in the, the teaser that I released... Uh, but uh, we were talking about that and I'm like, yeah, I can stop at any fucking truck stop and get diesel and they're selling Delta eight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, I, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's under the farm bill. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I hope that in the next 20 years it's legal everywhere. The problem. Well, I, I have a CDL. I can't do it. Period. Yeah, same here. You know, it's, it's federally mandated, whether it's legal in the town that you, you live or the state that you live, it's not federally legal. So you still, uh, you know, fall under those, those DOT rules. So I haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. Same here. You know, I've had a CDL since, oh shit, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, 2000. So, yeah. Yeah. Had one quite that long, but you're you're a little bit older than me, so you probably got in there a little sooner. Yeah, as soon as I got out of the military, it's kind of looking for jobs around here, and uh, that kind of came up. I wish I would have got my A, um, but I only needed uh, my B at the time, and they were providing the truck, so that's, <laughs> that's as far as I went. But well, um, yeah, now oh, you got to go to school and everything else now. So mm-hmm. do I have an A with all the endorsements that I want to have? I, the only thing I, I don't have is passenger and bus and God, no, I'm not wired for that anyway, no. but I guess we'll, we'll kind of get back on topic here. Um, going back up to that, uh, that was on a, a central Avenue house. That's I've, I've got notes and I've got them written down by addresses because I've had a lot of experiences and this house kind of started a snowball effect. And I'm not sure if there was something there. My mom came over to that house one time, said it creeped her out so bad she never came back. And mm. like I talked before, that she's she's sensitive and she feels stuff. And I don't know if it was an attachment to that place or that guy, or if it was an attachment of that guy that attached to that place or to me. I'm not really sure. I don't understand it enough to, to really try to, to make sense of it. So ironically enough, I moved out of that place, had a, had a roommate at one point in, in there and it, it turned bitter between us living with a female. Um, she wanted a little bit more out of the roommate situation than I wanted to give her. So I ended up moving in with that guy and his mm. girlfriend. So that's kind of when shit really got really fucking weird and to the point where the room that i had 
had it was the furnace room it had the hot water heater the furnace all the duct work came in there and there was just a sheet over that right next to my bed and i lived there for probably two or three months um and again started to realize that that girl wanted a little bit more from the situation than i wanted um and that's when things really started getting weird in the house and the most prominent experience that i had actually I left it in the middle of the night and went and knocked on my parents' window because I didn't want to stay in that house. Um, I was working at a bike shop at the time. And so I went to work nine o'clock in the morning. And why that's important is I, the people I lived with, this guy and this girl, were not early risers. They usually weren't up when I went to work. <clears throat> One night, middle of the night, I wake up to a, sounds like somebody banging on the, the duct work in the little closet thing in my room. Mm. And I woke up and in my ear, I hear this voice. Who are you? What do you want with her? Who the fuck are you? And it's, uh, it was a very distinct voice. It was real raspy and rough. And so I, I left, went to work. I call Lauren. I shouldn't have probably said that name. You might want to edit that one out. So <laughs> I call her from my work and I said, Hey, Alex, did he have a really rough and gravelly voice? And she paused for a few seconds. She's she said, yeah. How do you know that? So I told her the situation. Like, I didn't even want to talk about it in the house. Like I felt so uncomfortable with the whole situation I felt like I was going to be giving that entity power over me if I talked about it in that house. I did not want it to know that it affected me the way that it did. So that whole situation unraveled really poorly and I moved out. And that was probably one of the most bone chilling experiences that I ever had because it felt so personal. Mm. But it was also the last real, God, I hate to use the word evil, but I'm thinking so, the last real evil experience that I had paranormally. After I got out of that situation, it seemed like the, the poltergeist, the aggressive activity all kind of subsided. So I'm not sure if there was an attachment to her or him or the house. I, I don't know. I can't really make heads still to this day, but it feels like something was trying to get me out of that situation and out of that circle of people. And it worked. Oh, that's a good thing. then. You know, uh, if, if I heard something like that, you know, chime in my, my ear, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd be returning, uh, at all. You know what I mean? That, that would freak me the fuck out. I ain't even gonna lie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, that's just one of those things that you can't explain, you know, when you see the hair on your arm stands mm -hmm. up and back of your neck. And it still gives me kind of the heebie-jeebies just to talk about it. But you go back and you, you know, go back to being discounted for things. And you tell that to people like, oh, you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. You were, uh, you were sleep deprived or you were hallucinating or, you know, you were dreaming like, no, like I know when I'm awake and when I'm dreaming, cause I've had some really, really strange nightmares for one that I can't get away from is 
I'm in a house that there is a demonic entity and I'm trying to tell it to get out of my house that you're not welcome here. And I cannot create words. I can't speak. I just <gasps> is all I can muster. And that has come about since my wife and child have been a part of my life. Like I, I feel like I can't protect them from something like that. And let me ask, let me ask you a quick question. Um, because, and I, and I think where the sensitivity in both you and I obviously comes from your mother and my father's side of the family and mm -hmm. that side of the family is, I mean, we go all the way back to William the Conqueror and who knows how much even further back we go, you know, after, before that. Um, but do you, do you have a lot of dreams? Are, are your dreams very vivid? And have you, have you ever experienced lucid dreaming where you, you're in the dream and you know, it's a dream and you control the dream? No, I, I haven't had lucid dream. I do have very vivid dreams and a lot of very, man, like aggressive. I, mm -hmm. I keep coming back word, but man, I'll have these really aggressive dreams about wolves. Okay. And my, my, my son has nightmares about wolves as well. That's crazy. And <laughs> my Chinese Zodiac symbol is a dog. And my spirit animal is a wolf. Mm. So I'm not sure if there's a connection, you know, Maybe I don't know if I'd necessarily look at that as a, a a bad thing. Maybe that's just your, you know, your spirit animal or your spirit guide coming through to, you know, maybe guide you. At, but you know, your you and obviously you know your son um, don't necessarily like fully understand it. So it does come off as like a a bad dream when maybe I don't know. Maybe look into embracing it. And the other thing I was going to tell you, um, if you have that dream again, if if you can if you if at all you can remember this, your brain remembers our conversation when it when it's asleep and you're in that dream. Try just try telling yourself, "This is my dream. I can talk or I can control it," and just see what happens. Because I've had dreams, which I didn't know they were lucid, called lucid dreams until I, you know my la last episode that I just dropped. Um, we were talking about. It. He's like, "Yeah, that's a version of lucid dreaming." But I'd have dreams that I was either in outer space or underwater. And I couldn't breathe. And I remember saying, no, you can breathe. This is your dream. And I could breathe and I could move through water or be in space and, and, and breathe and shit like that. So I don't know, just if your brain remembers it, try it. You know, that's, that's the only thing I can think. Maybe, maybe it can, you know, help, help get rid of whatever that is. That's, that's in, in the dream state that could be our reality. You know what I mean? You know, that's very interesting. You know, it may be, you know, just the connection of having that in my brain now. Maybe next time I have one of those creepy can't can't speak like I want to tell it to get out of my house. You're not welcome. Like, that's how I want to approach this this entity. And I can't muster the words. I just cannot. And it's a horrible feeling. And, you know, that's what my, I would say nightmares involve is just me not being able to protect my family. You know, one of those wolf dreams was I got treed by wolves and I was spitting at the wolf for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, I anywhere unarmed. So for that to be the situation anyway is a fallacy. But I'm in this tree spitting at these wolves and they look away and then they go down the tree 
And I look over and my wife and kid are walking hand in hand down the road. And one of the wolves goes up there and grabs my son by his arm and rips his arm off. Like very, oh, very graphic, violent visual dream. Well, and I don't know what my son's versions of these dreams are, but those are the ones that really mess him up. Or, and he watches, I mean, some probably more grown up things than most eight year olds just because he spends time with with adults he's an only child so i think he has a little bit better comprehension of real world stuff than a lot of eight-year-olds that's the thing you guys go camping a lot and and i know wyoming has uh especially in yellowstone reintroduced uh the the wolf do you guys see them up near no near uh where you're at Uh, oh yeah so he, he your son has seen him in the wild then um, he, the only wolves that he has seen are actually in Yellowstone Park. We've seen okay. one Yellowstone. I, I hunt. I go out in the woods a little bit more, so I'm subjected to more of the, the grizzly encounter and the wolf type stuff that, than he is. Um, the place that I take the family camping has a very low predator population by design of just where it is. That's the Bighorn Mountains. Yep. Um, there are bobcat, there are mountain lion. I know there's probably grizz up there, but we've never had issue with them up there. Never. I've all my life been going up there, seeing one black bear. Okay. So it's not predominant there. Now you get up over here and in the Absorca wilderness, the, the wolves and the bear population is, is growing at an astronomical pace. And it's kind of off the subject, but since we're talking about it, one of the coolest experiences I've ever experienced in my entire life was it involves wolves and bears because we were, we were spring bear hunting and we went down to Matitsi where I grew up. I know the area and it was, we left here and it was raining and foggy and cold. So we kind of, we had very low expectations. We drive down to Matitsi and there's, there's a road that takes you up pretty high into the mountains it's called the phelps mountain access road and you get up pretty high and the road actually follows the ridge line and it's raining it's foggy as we get up on this road excuse me my my truck comes up out of the fog and it's a full moon and we're above the cloud level for as far as you can see the moon is shining on the clouds it it was i mean it kind of gives you chills to think about it and I hear wolves howling down in the valley, and it was just the most, I don't know, impressive, ominous, I don't Almost know. Majestic. Yeah, I mean, very spiritual experience. And that's actually the place where I want my ashes to be scattered. So it's a very spiritual place for me because I am not a religious person. I am a spiritual person. That's and, funny you say that because I'm I'm the same way. I, I went I went down the whole religious thing. Uh, I was long story short, you know, my audience knows this. I, I was baptized in the uh, the Susquehanna River in the middle of January. I, my daughter might have been three. You know, thought you know Jesus was the answer and what have you. And I remember when I went under, and everybody's like, you know, if if you truly feel the Spirit, you know, it'll hit you. And, and I went under. And I could see clearly through the water, like, like I, like I was a fish, you know what I mean? Like I had goggles on or whatever, and I could see the sky and I felt something that day, but it wasn't Jesus. You know what I mean? I just don't, I believe in God. I believe in the creator. I just don't buy man-made religion. And 
you know, you, you, even in the truth community, you know, you have people fighting over all, all that and, and what have you. But, you know, I, I tell people, you know, if you believe in that, sure. If that makes you a better person and, and, you know, whatever and comfortable, believe it. But I'm not going to sit here and, you know, watch all these religions fight against each other when at the end of the day, they're all just a theory. You know, they're just a theory or, or a story that was made up and, and derived mainly from from the Norse pagan uh, religions. And you know what I mean? And I'm not saying their religion was right, but you know what I mean? It, it's funny how the Norse pagan and, and, you know, First Nations and Native Americans, you know, religions all tie pretty hand in hand. And, you know, to me, that's more spiritual and, and more connected to a, a higher creator than, you know, these stories of fighting and killing and all, all this other shit. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I digress, but I, I, I'm with you right there with that. I'm more of a spiritual guy. You know, I don't, I don't sit there and get all hippy dippy woo woo with it, but you know, I, I believe in a creator and that's, that's who I, I guess at the end of the day, if you want to say pray or talk to, that's who I do. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I live in the perfect place for that. I mean, you get out, I don't need to sit in a room and somebody telling me what to feel or what to think or what to believe. You feel what you feel. And I believe you're all energy. And that energy is either good energy or it's bad energy. And there's mm-hmm. no change. And that energy, when this vessel passes on, whatever happens to that energy, whether it goes away, it stays here, nobody knows. No. The people know, sure ain't talking about it. No, exactly. And and I'm a firm believer, you know, from from the podcasts I've I've listened to and some of the interviews that I've done, I I lean more towards uh, not necessarily reincarnation, but our energy goes into another another place. Like it does not die. And you know, I I haven't I have a well when, once this comes out, uh, it, it'll already be released. So um, I had an episode with Tony Rodriguez who who was uh, a victim of you know uh, a twenty and back. And I don't know if you're familiar with 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 them or not. But uh, he was taken as a, a young child and went into the secret space program, ended up going to Mars and, and all these other things, being in, in this military training and, and advanced shit and seeing different uh, life beings from, from all over the galaxy. And then, long story short, age regressed back into you know him, him as a young boy again. And it's just what you hear in these these stories that people tell with with great detail and and never change their detail and stay consistent it i don't know it 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 makes me feel like you know what i know when i'm die when i die this meat suit okay it was just like you said a vessel my energy's going on my energy or my conscious is going on to to something else and to maybe learn something again you know maybe next time i'll live two three hundred years or five hundred years you know who knows yeah, I think it's just, it's real narrow-minded to look out into space and think that we're, we're the only thing that could exist in all of that vastness. Oh, yeah. Space has not even been explored. I mean, like, I'm fascinated by it. The Hubble telescope, for, for one, for the, for the time that an image comes back to the Hubble telescope, it's already millions of years in the past. So by the time you're seeing this picture from this telescope, entire civilizations have risen and fallen. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I just can't, 
I can't wrap my mind around. There is one place that we all go. It always comes back to energy for me because I feel it. I feel the energy of presences that aren't here anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I have written on this list, the, the, the aggressive, the poltergeist activity, however you want to call it, is such a small part of the things that I've experienced. A lot of times it's just a, a feeling, that electrified sensation. You're, the hair stands up on your arms and neck and you just, you can feel a different energy. And I have, I've seen full body apparitions of people that I could describe how they look to people that knew them, but a person that I'd never met. And a, a prime example that I was living in an apartment and it was a friend of mine who owned the apartment. Well, his mom and dad built these apartments and his dad passed before I ever knew this guy. And we were in our apartment one night and I just, I felt like there was somebody standing by the door and there was a really big man standing at the door. It just kind of like out of the corner of your eye and you look and it's gone. So I asked the guy, I'm like, Hey, was your dad built like this? And would he dress like this? Kind of off put. Yeah. Why? And my God, I just saw him, you know, I've had the shadow man that everybody talks about where you see just quickly the shadow that same apartment complex. I actually used to live across the street from and me and this other kid that lived in this apartment complex, both had the shadow man experience where you see something that you're not sure you saw type mm -hmm. thing. And they, they had moved out and the landlord had wanted me to go through one of the closets upstairs and clean out some stuff and actually ended up finding a box of ashes from a funeral home in like California or Oregon. I don't remember. It was a West coast state found a box. of. Ashes. So I don't know if there was any connection to that, I but wouldn't. I, full I wouldn't doubt it, it attaches itself to places and time and objects and when you talk to people that don't believe what we believe, they think you're crazy. Oh, they yeah. want you, but they believe un undying faith in what they believe. But if you don't believe what they believe, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and this yeah, actually, I I've ever like talked about all of these experiences with one person at one time. And especially for, for other people to hear, because this is probably a conversation that you and I would normally have just between us, mm -hmm. almost the fear of persecution type thing. I got over that, uh, real quick. Um, when, when I started this, because like, like I, I had said earlier, you know, going on different podcasts and what have you and, and, you know, telling, you know, my experiences, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Either they're going to believe it or they're not. They're going to, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. I know I'm telling the truth on what I saw, what I experienced. And if they want to fucking pick it apart and leave a negative comment, okay, go ahead. I ain't going to fucking entertain it. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put too, too much energy into, to even thinking that because I, I know you, I, I know you're not a liar and, and you know, it, it's just ironic. Some of these, um, situations that you've experienced are so similar to, to stuff that I had 
have had experiences with. I haven't really had the the whole poltergeist activity type thing. Um, I do think every now and again I'll see like something moving out of the you know corner of my eye at night or whatever. Um, but it, it, I haven't had any real experiences in a couple years. Uh, the last experience we had, or yeah, I say we, it was me and my daughter. This was a couple summers ago. I don't know if it was during the lockdown or before that, but we were sitting out back. We had a campfire and it was just me and her. It was like 11 o'clock at night. We were sitting there and, you know, just listening to some music or whatever, just, you know, father daughter time. And in the distance, like nobody was awake, like all the lights in the houses around us, you know, out. And there's a little tiny stream that flows on the edge of, uh, of my property. And all of a sudden we hear what sounds like little disembodied children laughing like that, <laughs> like a group of them. And I looked at my daughter, my daughter looked at me and we looked over and she's like, you heard that? I said, yeah, you heard the laughing. And she goes, yeah. I said, I think it's time to go in. And she's like, yeah, I think so too. And she, you know, she's into the paranormal, you know, stuff as well. I don't, I don't really think she's had any big experiences, but, uh, yeah, that, so that was like the last one I, I ever heard or, or experienced. Um, I try not going looking for them anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I used to be all about the movies and, yeah. and I, when like, I almost feel like I'm opening myself up to something when we start why anything that's demonic possession, anything like that. I just, I have to stay away from mm -hmm. uh, like the shit, like the conjuring now for whatever reason, maybe it's just cause I'm a wacky job. I don't know. I can watch paranormal investigations and granted everything that you see on TV is 90% bullshit. They're out there to make a show. There is there. I think there's a few credible ghost hunters. If you would have it, um, <laughs> Zach Baggins, I think I, I, I put stock into what that guy researches and the experiences that, that he has. I don't know if I can drop his name on the pod or whatever. Oh, yeah, you can. A lot of people talk but, about him, whether it's good or bad. Um, I, I have a buddy that knows him that uh, any, he is the type, though, that any, any chance he gets a mirror or a, a window to look at himself, you know, he, he does take the moment to, to make sure he, he looks good. But you, it, you can watch the shows just to get that vibe off him, though, as well. But... Yeah. And I mean, like I said, so, so anything that you see on TV, it's, it's, there's a good chance that it's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. but for whatever reason, there, there was a, a documentary done about the conjuring house, the, the original conjuring house. Um, I, for, I, the name of it is slipping me right now, but I think it's on Hulu. Okay. And it documents these people stay in this house for two weeks and it's, it's more just energies and sound, you know, they don't catch anything on camera. Um, they, they don't catch apparitions anyway. They do catch, you know, they have their meters and all of these different technologies that could obviously probably be manipulated. But it kind of ties into people that have real experiences, what they experience. 99 times out of 100, you're not seeing a full body apparition. You're not seeing a person. You're seeing did I just see that? Yeah. Is is my making stuff up? Did I hear that? It's sounds, it's footsteps, it's it's feeling more than anything. And I think that's why people want to discredit you because most of the time it's just feeling. But I know 
what I feel. And I know that energy and I know what that energy feels like. We went to Arlington. My boy was six months old. We, we flew out to your neck of the woods, rented a minivan and drove to Washington, D.C. And we went through Arlington, pulling up to the gates of the Arlington National Cemetery was probably one of the heaviest feelings I've ever felt in my entire life. And I looked at my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a veteran, and I said, you feel that? And yeah, that was, that was it. Those were the words we spoke. And we walked in there, and just the heaviness of it, it overcame me. And I, I bawled like a baby. I'm holding my baby, six months old, and I don't think my wife had ever seen me cry. And I just, I had to walk away. Like I lost just the, the overwhelming sense of emotion. And that's, that's part of that sensitivity too. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the Arlington house there, Robert E. Lee's old house. And, you know, that was kind of a fuck you to Robert E. Lee. The whole thing was we're going to start burying union soldiers on Robert E. Lee's farm. Yeah. And, so there's a lot of discontent aside from aside from war and the damage that it does to everything in its path. Well, behind that, there is the old slave quarters. And you can go into those slave quarters and they have pictures hanging on the walls. And I walk in there, Steph walks kind of on the other side of it. And I hadn't been in there for maybe 30 seconds and it felt like somebody ran cold fingers down the back of my neck. I was out. No, no, no saving the wife and child. I'm like, I'm out. And I turned <laughs> and followed me out. It's just like the instinct to get out of that exceeded my fatherly and my husbandly instincts. Damn. It's a powerful energy that you can't really explain. Yeah. Um, a lot of, are you familiar with the term empath? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I am one. Okay. I was going to say, I, I, I wouldn't say think, uh, I'm, I would probably bet more on the no, uh, cause, cause I am, uh, and I, and like I, I said, I think it comes from your mom and my dad's side of the, the, the family for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, you, the, the energy Speaking that you pick up, <laughs> what's that? Speaking of my wife and child, they just pulled in. Oh, nice. So. But, uh, yeah, my daughter moved into an apartment and she was showing me around and uh she went to she's like, "Yeah, we have access to the whole attic." You know, it goes she she lives on the second floor, it goes all the way across. She opened the door and I was like, "Whoa. Close that door." And she goes, "Why?" I said, "I don't whatever's up there is bad juju." I said, "Do not oh, but- I don't want nothing to do with it." And before I left, I opened the door just to see, okay, maybe maybe I was just overreacting. And it, and it just kind of hit you in the chest. I was like, no, nah, something's not good. And then a couple of weeks later, my wife and I went back over and I had my wife open the door and she's like, I don't feel nothing. And as soon as she opened it, I was like, you got to close that door. Keep, keep that door locked. And she's like, okay. So I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That, that energy, there's just, there's no other feeling I've, I've ever felt in my entire life. It's unexplainable, but once you felt it, you you know what it is mm-hmm. the house that we live in i'll say this quick before my boy comes back in because he doesn't know somebody actually died in the basement of this house Ooh. and i don't get a bad vibe from the house at all 
Um, but there is one room downstairs, which is in the basement that I just, I don't feel like looking in when it at night, when it's dark, if that door stays closed and he is the same way. He does not like that. He doesn't like to go down there when it's dark. Sounds like you passed on, on, I don't know if we want to call it a, a, a gift or a curse of, of <laughs> that side of the family. Sensitivity, you know, and I mean, he's my little twin, so it would make yeah. sense that I have, he has. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess those are probably the, I mean, we could go into all the little, the little things. We'd be here for three hours, man. Because (laughs) if you want to keep going, we can, if you want to do a part two, we can do a part two. It don't, it don't matter. Include this one for now. Um, It's just going to get a little crazy in in my house probably right now. So we can, we can wrap it up there. I'll try to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make some more notes. Cause I think we, uh, I think we covered pretty much all of my notes. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I was hoping we <laughs> would, <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, pl- plug, uh, plug resilient resin one more time. And then, um, I'll, I'll quit the, quit the recording. And we can talk for a little bit afterwards. Yeah. If anybody's interested in, in the epoxy work that I do, just go check me out on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash resilient resin. You'll have to look up the spelling because I'm not going to spell it for you. I don't spell in public. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm horrible at spelling. So thank God for, for Google or text messages that I can right? put it in and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's how you spell it. So yeah, but, uh, translate out of a pinch a lot. Yes. But uh, thank you, Doug, for coming on and, and sharing your, your experiences and some, some, sh- mutual experiences that we had as, as kids. And I look forward to having you come back on and, and talk some more about some of this stuff and maybe even dive, you know, we don't have to, to give the, uh, the family name away, but maybe dive a little bit into that side of our family and, and maybe what our history, you know, might entail. Uh, I know you were doing some genealogy things. I have some of the genealogy from that side. I wasn't able to, um, email it to you because it would violate work you know, whatever, and this and that, but maybe, you know, maybe if, uh, depending on how, how deep you are into it, maybe I can just mail it to you. That way, uh, you have the hard copies and you can look at, at, uh, what our grandmother, you know, was, was doing at the time with, with it. So, um, yeah, that, that we have yet to discover, you know, I know we, we come from old world Mayflower descendants. Mm-hmm. So who knows somewhere in there, what we might discover. Yeah. It's awesome. But thank you again. And to my guests, on. Yeah. And to my guest, remember, think for yourself. Well, where do I start? I'm bad shit. What you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Another sapien that's on the globe. Lost cold, looking for the direction, but don't nobody know. The only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I've been start to find out, doesn't really hold. Every highfalutin piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals. Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls. Tit jobs from Botox to light bulbs, light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope, walking this edge. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, shit And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, yeah Fuck And I've been wondering if 
look I've been hopping down this rabbit hole for quite some time To find lines that connect through to all their lies They normalize a real life poltergeist To trust Pfizer with a remedy to make you right The thought's sick, I'll take a chance and roll my dice Because something in my stomach isn't sitting right I want a soul search, find a place to bring in light But I can't cause, fuck I'm batshit what you read in the covenant It's cap, you were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it, we batshit what we read in the covenant It's cap, we were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it I want the power to shake shit and shift shape Tap in the pineal eye without a mistake We have the power to live right and get straight But they found a way to remove this, they bitch made Hey, keep on calcifying glands with your flow ride While I flow ride the valor of rhyme I'm flying high by the seat of my pants A beat speaking to me, know I'm talking back every chance Hoping one day I make it overseas or to France But in the northwest I trip without a traveling band Yeah and that's word of my cat plug I'm higher than giraffe puss Look what the cat drug in Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub At midnight I don't fill it up with the tap cup Soaking in my cannabis suds Anything for a buzz Reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug Peel through a fat stash Burning the last snug I picture this dimension I don't want to come back from But here I am still stuck in the bathtub My brain fried but honestly I'm fine I'd rather not have one I'm batshit I'm fucking bad shit, and it's your fucking fault. It's their fault. Straight up. I'm done. I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant. It's cap, you were fed by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Enough of it.